Wednesday. Winnie Wednesday. Winnie, Winnie Wednesday. Hump day, y'all. Hump day. Hump day. Coming up on today's show. Mike, 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 Mike. That's what he says. Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. Coming up on today's show, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Trigger Warning. Oh, gosh. No need to pre-scrub your dishes and building your child's brain. <laughs> but first, it is December 12th, and uh, we got some holidays to celebrate right now. That sounded way too creepy. <laughs> Please don't ever do that again. It's that whole, like, <laughs> mentally stable thing, Matt. She's talking about that video. Oh, that teacher that was cutting the kid's hair singing the national anthem incorrectly? Her husband says it's not her, that that's not the type of person she is. Which, I mean, I hope, because who in their right mind would marry someone like that? But that's all it took, if Matt. Yeah, if they're like that all the time. That's all it took, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took was one day of her flipping. I don't need for you to flip on me. Start cutting my hair while singing the national anthem. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, holidays. Let's celebrate Holidays them. today are <coughs> Gingerbread House Day. Whoop, whoop. So. Have you ever made a gingerbread house? I have attempted to make a gingerbread house. Sure. I think once <laughs> in my entire life. Did we do that for one of your Christmas parties uh-huh. one year? Yeah. Like it was a family thing. As a family, you had to make your gingerbread house. Yeah. I don't remember if I did it or not. You probably didn't because you're a big fuddy-duddy when it comes to things like that. My wife isn't, though. Yeah. I'm I'm just thinking maybe she made it and I don't think I helped. It was only... (laughs) So here's the thing. And we ended up realizing that it was kind of not fair because if only Daedra had made it, then that's one person making a gingerbread house in comparison to my... Practically five people because I had three very capable children of age, whereas Eli was probably like maybe two at the time of this. And you weren't willing to help your wife, so it was just one person versus my five. (laughs) So anyway, now I will say when we were home, my sister had the grand idea that she wanted to make a gingerbread house with my kids. And my sister is... She'll be 15 next month, so she's close in age with them. So it was going to be like a bonding thing for all of them to make a gingerbread house together. Well, Topher had no interest in it. He sat in the chair and played his video games the whole time. Surprise, surprise. And Cannon kept trying to help, but Cannon is a bit of a turd and pushes people's buttons. So the whole time he's like picking at my sister and Mila as they're trying to make this gingerbread house. And we finally tell him, Cannon, just go away. Leave them alone. Let them do it. So Mila and Gigi try to put this gingerbread house together and they cannot get it to stand. (laughs) The roof keeps collapsing. Well, it's like almost two hours into trying to put this thing together. And Cannon is from the other room saying, guys, you're putting the roof on wrong. Guys, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And Chris and I are thinking that he's just being the turd that he is. (coughs) Come to find out after allowing them to try and fail miserably, I finally said, fine, Cannon, just go over there. If you think that you can do it better, go over there and show them. And he does. And he got it to stand. (coughs) And for the rest of... (coughs) 
trying to let you cough. For the rest of the week that we were there, every time we went to my mom's house, we're like, hey, the gingerbread house is still standing. (laughs) So I felt really, really bad for being that mom. Uh, Anyway, today's also National 12-Hour Fresh Breath Day. Mm -hmm. What? You don't know what that is? No. You don't celebrate that at your house? We celebrate it every year. It's part of our Christmas tradition. It's uh explain it to me, Matt. <laughs> well, How do you celebrate this day? Okay. You celebrate it by attacking all the problems that lead to bad breath to ensure that you have twelve uh consecutive hours of fresh breath. That includes brushing twice a day, flossing to get rid of the bacteria between your teeth, uh you know sugar free breath mints, um mouthwash. Breath strips, all whatever you got. Just make sure that you got twelve hours of fresh breath. Essentially, all it is. <laughs> all right, and lastly, it's National Poinsettia Day. Sugar-free gum. That helps as well. <laughs> uh, and it's especially a hard holiday if you're a smoker. Yes, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. All right. You're a smoker. Matt, do you say poinsettia? Poinsettia? How do you say it? See, you said it both ways and now I don't know. Yeah. Because I say it so infrequently. I think I say poinsettia. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. It's spelled poinsettia. Yeah. Because it's T-I-A at the end. I always grew up saying poinsettia. How do you pronounce this word? Pronouncing one that follows the spelling in a regular way. Poinsettia and one that was more naturally corresponded to the spelling. Poinsettia. They're both. They're both. They're both in the dictionary. I hate words like that. (laughs) Listen, I just need you to tell me how to say it the right way. (coughs) Oh, I'm going to hold on their videos to say how to pronounce it correctly. But are they all going to be different? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Seems like there's a big debate about it. I don't feel like we need to get into it. We no, argue about you enough, say so. poinsettia or poinsettia. I'm going to know what you're talking about either way. You say poinsettia and I say poinsettia. Let's call the whole thing off. Today's show is brought to you by Please Don't Side Hug Me, the best of Backrow Baptist. We took every tweet, joke, one-liner, and blog from Backrow Baptist, picked roughly 3,000 of the best ones, and compiled them into one amazing and hilarious volume of jokes about church life and Christian culture. And it's still marked down for the holidays. Just ten ninety nine, ten ninety nine, and feeling fine on Amazon. If you're one of those weirdies that like uh, electronic books, well, you can buy that too. I think it's se- I think it's seven ninety nine, but you know you really want that hard, that uh it's not a hardcover soft cover but you know you really want that physical copy in your hands. You got to be able to smell the paper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feel them flip between your fingers. Mm-hmm, exactly. Book's the way to go. Order today and you can get it before Christmas. <clears throat> I have a cold, by the way. If you can't tell, I still have a cold. If you've been listening all week, I'm trying to get past it for your sake. Um, we'll see how long it takes me to get loopy. Quote, unquote, 
All right. Tim Keller. The things you daydream about in your spare time are often the things you serve. Ooh. Kathy Laurie said, oh. don't let excuses keep you from experiencing the life God has called you to. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more through us than we could ever think or imagine. I don't like some of these quotes. <laughs> some of them may be too real, man. They just hurt a little too much. <laughs> Lincoln Brewster, I'm still finding it more and more important to be reminded each day of the truths found in Scripture, truths that ground us beyond our circumstances and feelings. Jackie Hill Perry said, you'd be amazed at how effective you can become when you lay aside trying to be impressive and just stick to being faithful. And lastly, David Jeremiah, what a gift of gold can... What gift of gold can we give that is fit for our king? Our timeless devotion to him. Let your love for Christ be timeless until you see him face to face. So it's time for Onion, Not Onion, folks. Let me hear it. Around here, this is the way we play. I'm going to read you two headlines. Mo is going to guess which one's the real headline and which one's an onion headline. We will read the real article. You can play along at home. So which one of these is real? Donald Trump Jr. just posted a photo of himself proudly posing with a worm he shot on the White House lawn. A worm? Uh-huh. Or the Supreme Court rules that Facebook friends aren't real friends. <laughs> you know, the last two days, at least the stories, I could see, like, the validity in them. Uh-huh. These are just, like, nonsense garbage. <laughs> Why on earth would a Supreme Court need to rule that Facebook friends are not real friends? And Donald Trump Jr. with a worm? <laughs> I'm going with Donald Trump Jr. Oh. You have such a low opinion of Donald Trump Jr. No, but see, can I explain why? <laughs> sure. It's not it's not that one, I okay. guess. No, it's not. Okay. I just thought maybe he was out like target shooting mm-hmm. and accidentally hit a oh, worm. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a gag. Yeah. Like, oh, well, look I got what this. I hit. That like <laughs> I had to think it out, but I kinda thought, okay, seriously a Supreme Court ruled that Facebook friends are not friends? It makes a little more sense when you hear the context. This is so dumb. <laughs> Florida's Supreme Court has ruled on something that most social media users already know. Facebook friendships are not real. Specifically, the court said in a November 15th opinion that a Facebook friendship between a judge and an attorney does not mean that the judge is too biased to preside over that attorney's case. Ruling on an appeal in a case where one side argued a trial court judge should be disqualified because of a Facebook friendship, the court added that even traditional in-real-life friendship wouldn't necessarily be disqualifying because the nature of a friendship is in, uh, indeterminate. The ruling includes some philosophical musings on the meaning of friendship. Uh, for Chief Justice Charles uh, Kennedy, uh, who writes, For the majority, a real friend is a person attached to another person by feelings of affection or esteem. Meanwhile, a Facebook friend is a person digitally connected to another person by virtue of their Facebook friendship. And a Facebook friendship, he says, does not objectively signal the existence of the affection and esteem involved in a traditional friendship. Citing previous court rulings, the justice pointed out that you can have thousands of Facebook friends. 
Users also often can't recall every single person they've ever friended. What's more, Facebook friends are often selected based on a platform's algorithmic suggestions and not personal interactions. In an inadvertent burn to Facebook's mission of connecting people and building community, the Justice writes, Today, it is commonly understood that Facebook friendship exists on an even broader spectrum than traditional friendship. Traditional friendship varies in degree from greatest intimacy to casual acquaintance. Facebook friendship varies in degree from greatest intimacy to virtual stranger or even complete stranger. (laughs) And I can vouch for that because I've had so many people friend request me I've never even talked to. Well, yeah. Just because they're friends with one of my friends. Yeah. Like, I don't need you in my life. (laughs) Why do you care what I have to say? Why do you want to see my stuff in your feed if you don't know me? (laughs) Do you know what's worse than that, though? Hmm. So this is a for real thing that happened. Okay. I had a person who I was a Facebook friend with, right? We were stationed in Italy together. And... I saw her in the food court and went up and had a casual conversation with her. We're Facebook friends, after all, okay? We had mutual friends. We had kids that were around the same age. We attended some play groups together. So we were Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. See her in a restaurant, walk up to her, have a conversation with her. She then, like two hours later, I see on her Facebook say, and also, by the way, her name was Megan. <laughs> she says, just because we have the same name, just because we have kids that are of the same age, and just because I am your Facebook friend does not mean that I'm your friend in real life. Don't talk to me in a public place. <laughs> so I was like, uh, that was for me. Wow. <laughs> Unfriended. <laughs> because if I can't talk to you in a public place, but I'm your Facebook friend, then I'm not your Facebook friend. Right. That's just, that's my two cents. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, but I got to say, though, I kind of feel like if you're Facebook friends with someone, there might be a level of bias there. And it may be good bias or it may be not so good. Right? Yeah. But if I'm following someone on social media... Chances are I'm seeing family pictures, I'm seeing family vacation, I'm seeing things that they've done. I'm making a connection with them that I may not make on a regular, everyday basis. And so whether purposeful or not, maybe you're posting things that I totally disagree with, but I'm keeping you on Facebook for some obscene (laughs) reason. That's not me, that's not my prerogative, but... Maybe. So I do feel like there could be some level of bias there. I'm yeah. just saying. But uh I disagree with that Supreme Court ruling. <laughs> I'm not saying that they shouldn't be Facebook friends. I'm just saying I think that there could be a level of bias. Yeah. I agree Unintentional with you. but a level of bias. Yeah. I feel like you might be right. I feel like you might be right. I still feel like Donald Trump. Junior holding up a worm would have been a far better story. Uh, It is Hip Hop Hump Day. We're going to be playing a little bit more of the rap and hip hop music from yesterday and today all morning long. When we come back, building your child's brain. (laughs) Stick around.
second hour. Second hour of our Wednesday show. Glad that you're here with us. I feel like this has been the longest week ever. It's been a pretty long week. We have been recording some long segments. Last last hour wasn't bad. Last hour was the shortest segment all week. We, I think we kept it in under 15 minutes. Or I still just feel right like it there. was long. No, that was all right. Okay. Today's show is sponsored by Please Don't Side Hug Me, the best of Backrow Baptist. Over 3,000 hilarious jokes, tweets, and one-liners all in one perfectly sized book include sections like these. Christian Breakup Lines. The 12 Days of Backrow Christmas. Christian Movies in Reverse. Christianese Translations and dozens more. Pick it up on Amazon for ten ninety nine. Buy this week and it'll still make it in time for Christmas. One thing I don't like about cough drops is that it produces a lot of saliva in your mouth. So when you're trying to read a big long paragraph, it makes it a little difficult. <laughs> I need some facts, Mo. All right, are you I'm ready? Sick of this opinion. I need facts. You know, I've been really compliant with your demand of thanks. Of thanks. Your thanks. Your think demands. Uh, your fact demands this week. Maybe tomorrow I won't be so compliant. We'll see. Number one, according to the Endangered Language Alliance, there are more languages spoken in Queens, New York, than anywhere else in the world. That's interesting. Huh. Another interesting thing, side note, the video that I saw was trying to figure out if uh, if the Groot language, Ooh, I, am, I Groot, am Groot, could actually be used as a real language based on pitch and the elongation of the words and tonality and all this, if you could actually create a workable language with just three words in it. You can, and can you? No, they came to the conclusion you absolutely can. And in fact, there are several uh, languages in the world that have uh, less. Like there are several that just use tone, like whistling and stuff like that. Oh, well, that is to true. To have full languages, full conversations. Um, and quite a lot that use uh, the same word for... Um, dozens or hundreds of different meanings just spoken in a different way. I said, combination-wise, you could say thousands of different phrases using just those three words. Huh. But, you know, changing the pitch or the we should, length or We whatnot. should do a I Am Groot radio show one morning. <laughs> it was It'd really be left up for interpretation. Right. <laughs> That's for very, sure. It was a very interesting... Very, very interesting. Oh, did you see the Avengers 4 trailer, by the way? No, I've not. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty, baby. It's I'm pretty. still very frustrated. With the end of the other one? Mm-hmm. This one's not going to make you feel any better because it's still very sad. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't give you anything as to how the movie's going to go. All my favorite people are gone, so why <laughs> am I going to watch it? Why? Well, they're going to... The- some of them are going to come back. I don't know that. Oh, well, you oh, know that. oh, what's the movie that just came out where at the very end, everybody, oh, Matt, come on. Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes! Where he's in the quantum realm and then all the other three people disappeared and yes. he's stuck in the quantum realm. Yes. Yeah. So we watched it with the, Mila watched it, but yeah. really we watched it with the boys because she doesn't care about it. Right. Um, And we're all like, what happened? What's going on? And then all of a sudden it hits us all and we're like, <gasps> that's when all that stuff happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. 
So yeah, then you definitely need to see the trailer because he's in the trailer. Ant Man is really. <coughs> it's really good. Huh. I'll make you watch it before we leave. It's short. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Um, number two, Harry S. Truman was so poor after his presidency, Congress enacted a law to give him a pension. Herbert Herbert Hoover, the only other living ex-president at the time, also took the pension to avoid embarrassing Truman, even though he was already wealthy. Hmm. I felt like that was going to be like a your mama joke. Your mama was so poor. (laughs) Harry S. Truman was so poor. That was kind of sad. Number three, Mark Twain was born on the day when Halley's Comet flew past Earth. He said, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835. It is coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. Mark Twain died April 21st, 1910, the day after Halley's Comet came back. Wow. Creepy. You are not supposed to know <laughs> when you are going to die. Homeboy knew. Uh, when you are ignored by a person whose intention in, whose attention means the most to you, the reaction in your brain will be similar to physical pain. I can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So stop ignoring me, Chris. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This last one hurts. This last one hurts my heart. That's why I don't want to. That's why I don't want to read it. <laughs> Classic Robin Williams movie Mrs. Doubtfire premiered 25 years ago. 25. So it's all the feels, <coughs> Matt. All the feels in that one fact, like mm-hmm. sadness that Robin Williams is no longer <coughs> with us. I need you to stop coughing because people can't hear the words that I'm saying over your coughing. Sadness that Robin Williams is no longer with us. Nostalgia over the movie because it was such a classic. Except you can't watch it anymore. Why? Politically incorrect. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. In our Um, social climate. Then shock that it's been 25 years. Devastation that you are that old (laughs) for it to have been 25. I'm telling you, all the feels in a tiny little sentence. Do you remember the classic 90210? Beverly Hills 90210? With... uh, The original one? I guess it was the original one. Brenda... Back in the 90s? Had the brown hair. With Tori Spelling. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the 90s? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, not only is that show... Uh, over 20 years old. But the reboot that started in 20, uh, 2008 has already been off the air for five years. That's how old we are. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> Artist updates. And uh, these all come in form of questions from some of our, uh, well, two of our our, uh... <laughs> there's three there's three there's three but oh, two but of them two. are from okay. the same sorry my bad uh, yeah so question from uh riley clemens she asks is it okay to wear christmas onesies in public yes or no yes 100 <laughs> percent. as long as it's a christmas onesie and as long as your butt flap is buttoned <laughs> so they're doing pajama night at awana clubs in a couple of weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And Deidre very nearly bought a $25 Christmas onesie off Amazon. 
I'm kind of sad she didn't because I think she would look adorable in it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are few people who can actually pull off onesies, but I do think Daedra can uh, yeah, pull I off a onesie like really can. well. <laughs> you sh- That's a good like Christmas present. Yeah. It could be a good stocking stuffer. <clears throat> Maybe next year. I don't want to. Ooh, no, I'll get it for her for her birthday. That way she could wear it at Christmas. Can't get a give it for Christmas. That's what I, I really hate when people give Christmas themed gifts at Christmas. for a Christmas gift. Because then you're like, this will be great. 365 days from now when it'll be time to wear it. See, and yeah. I don't I don't hate that. <laughs> I actually like because when I pack it away, whether it's an ornament or a book or whatever, well, I pack it away with, yeah, with our Christmas but... decorations and Christmas stuff. And I'm like, <coughs> oh, okay, I'll remember this next year when I pull it out. And then a year later, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Right. I reopen it and I'm like, oh, I remember this. I, yeah, ornaments are different. I'm more like socks. You get Christmas socks on Christmas. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to feel weird wearing these in January. Yeah, that's so. true. My kid, on the other hand, will wear Christmas socks in July, so it's all right. <laughs> all right. Question of the day from Shane and Shane. Do you and your family use some kind of counting down the day's advent calendar? If so, what is it? We do. We actually have uh, three <laughs> counting down the day calendars. One of which has been in my family for three gen- generations, though. So we still use that one it's a little mouse and it's on a green little it's like antique at this point mm. and everybody whenever they come to our house for the first time the first christmas they're like hey i had that growing up yeah mm. so did your parents and your grandparents because it's that old mm. mm-hmm. we in the vassar home uh have used those chocolate ones chocolate advent calendars mm-hmm. but back when i first started dating daedra they weren't everywhere like you had to go to like trader joe's or somewhere in albuquerque or lubbock mm-hmm. to find them like now they're in walgreens and walmart yeah. they're everywhere because they gain popularity but they started like in germany or at least overseas somewhere and started popular being popular over there belgium i guess it was because it's chocolate started over there and that's it could have where, also been Sweden. It might have been. Swiss that's right. Chocolate. <clears throat> but that's where they got. That's where they got popular with the Vassar families. They when they lived in Germany in mm-hmm. the military. Mm-hmm. That's when they started doing it. And they brought it back here, and like nobody did them yeah. here. And so yeah. But now now they're everywhere. See the thing that I really dislike about those chocolate ones is there's only one piece of chocolate in there, and it's like okay, who gets the piece of chocolate for the day? Oh, you get one for everybody. We had a whole wall. The Vassar family had a whole wall. There were seven of them or whatever on there. <coughs> oh, you get an advent calendar for every person. Yeah, they're only like... Four. 25 bucks. No, they're only like four bucks. No. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right Go now. Go for it. I don't think it's quite 25, but it's <laughs> definitely not four. I'm looking it up. All right. Let's see who's closest <laughs> while you do that. Uh, question of the day from another question of the day from Shane and Shane. What is your favorite old school Christmas TV special? Oh, see, we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. and the TV specials. I just don't know. Okay. Hold on. Can I go back for just a minute? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they have 
ones that are $39.98 (laughs) at Walgreens, one that is $24.99, one that is $13.50 at Walmart, and then there's a questionable one that's $1.95. Okay. The ones that I'm thinking of are the ones that are (laughs) (laughs) $1.95. Muller and Muller. Those are the ones I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, yeah, they're cheap, man. But of course, they're you good. also get cheap chocolate with them. Yeah. Uh, here's here's one that I see that's more like the ones we used to get from uh, Trader Joe's, and they're seven bucks. Yeah. <clears throat> it's higher quality chocolate and whatnot. True. Okay. So we've talked about like the whole TV Christmas special in the past, and yeah. I have a hard time remembering like TV specials. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Santa Claus is coming to town. Frosty the Snowman. Uh, Grinch. Like the original cartoon Grinch. They were TV specials? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. I know there's a couple more. Little Drummer Boy. Uh that was probably my least favorite. Even Twas, though, yeah, I hate that one. Even though it's one of my favorite Christmas carols, yeah, it is my least yeah. favorite. I've I watched it. I've watched it once as an adult when we bought the DVD collection of yep. all those. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, that was fun. I'm never going to see that again. Yeah. Uh, Twas the night before Christmas, the one with the mice. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one. That one I've put as my number one, but I don't think it's my number one. I think it's my number two. Um, but I do like that one because it has original songs that are great that are nowhere else. Um, oh man, I love it. I gotta go watch it now. <laughs> but no, my number one is Charlie Bound Christmas. Uh, that's my favorite. <coughs> I guess that's legit. That's es- a good one. Especially since it was pointed out to me that there's a nice recovery aspect in that story. We've talked about this before. Yeah, do you what remember what it? it was? No. It's at the end where Linus gets on stage and and basically recites the Bible about uh, what Christmas is all about. He says, behold, came flocks by night, blah, blah, blah. He mm-hmm. does the whole thing. And he's holding his blanket, the security blanket that he has to hold on to uh, for him to cope with life. And when he gets to the part where it says, and the angel said, Fear not. And as soon as he says fear not, he and it's barely on the screen and you barely notice it, he drops his blanket and both of his hands are now up and he's not holding on to anything. He's not afraid. And he's reading the whole story about Jesus coming into the world. And it's that exact moment where the story of Christ is what takes him out of the necessity of needing to cope on this world. It was really neat. That is pretty cool. And now I got to remember to do that again for CR this year. Yeah. <coughs> I don't know what my favorite one is. <laughs> I maybe Rudolph. Because um, I don't know. With the, with the elf that wants to be a dentist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, no, I am I such it... a misfit. I am not just a nitwit. I used to love that song. <laughs> You can't fire me. I quit. Why don't I fit in? You can take what you want from the fact that I loved that song because that was like 
my internal battle as a preteen and teenager. <coughs> Why don't I fit in? Why doesn't anybody like me? I am very likable. <laughs> I am a gem. Why? <laughs> That's why I have like <laughs> control issues with with this radio show and our back row Baptist church. Like I want for people to like me because I just want to fit in, but I got to stand up for what's right. I don't know. Uh completely about- completely off topic. Yeah. Uh well not completely, but mostly sort off topic. Of. My son has been watching Frosty the Snowman. Uh, we actually have the you know the original, and then they came out with another one. I think in two thousand three or something like an updated cartoon version, mm-hmm. which I also like. Uh, but it has a the, you know the classic song, Frosty the Snowman song, and uh, he's created his first parody song from that. It's called Shrimpy the Shrimp Man, and he sings it. Shrimpy the Shrimp Man was a uh, um, what was it? Was a hairy, nasty shrimp with a corn cob shrimp and a button shrimp and two eyes made out of shrimp. Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he came up with it or why, but I'm proud of him. He is your kid. He's my kid. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Do we have a top list, Matt? We do. Uh, five fun ways to build your child's brain. Okay. Uh, this comes from. Uh, Dr. James Dobson's family talk from Dr. Joshua Straub. Uh, he says, as parents, we face emotionally intense moments with our kids. When our six-month-old uh, wakes up every two hours through the night, when your five-year-old kicks you in the shin because it's bedtime, when your teenager disrespects you for setting limits on technology, enter survival mode. As parents, we've all been there. Since every child and development stage is different. Some techniques that work with uh, one child might not work with another. That's why parenting from a posture of emotional safety matters more than uh, any one technique. So what's the key to nurturing our child's budding brain, especially in these emotional stressful moments? Uh, In short, the answer is you and not just your physical presence, but your emotional presence. Being emotionally safe means finding our kids' brains, feeding, sorry, feeding our kids' brains like we do their tummies. So here are five fun ways that you can build your child's brain each day. Number one, take time each day to be a kid again. Hmm. Take at least 20 minutes each day to peel back all of your adultness. Explore with your kids, celebrate what you discover together, keep it uninterrupted, and let your child lead it. If she wants to color, color with her. If she wants to play with dolls, play doctor, go to the moon, go there with her. Uh, if your teen wants to play video games, do it. Don't criticize or tell your child how or what to play. Just be present and see the world through his or her eyes. Hmm. I like that. And yeah. That's not something I'm great at. And I want to be better at that. <coughs> I think I'll be great when it comes to playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think Chris thought the same thing until he realized that his kids are better at video games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they start to beat him. And then, you know, you 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 can't necessarily just be a kid because the kid in you wants to throw the remote and throw a temper tantrum. And you got to allow the adult maturity to come out at least a little bit. 
right. Number two says, tell family stories. Uh, in our home, uh, again, this is the author speaking. In our home, we have no screens at the table. Mealtime is ripe for brain growth. One way to compliment mealtime instead of staring at screens is tell your kids stories about their family history. Some argue that children who know about their family history have higher self-esteem, a greater sense of control over their life, and are more likely to handle and bounce back from stressful events. They're even more likely to be emotionally healthy and happy. <coughs> Especially that dinner ta- table aspect, too. I've always heard that studies show that if you have dinner with your kids at least twice a week or something mm-hmm. like that, they're going to do better in school. They're going to have better self-esteem. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. So then I shouldn't feel too terrible about sharing with Canon the time that I was driving on a suspended license and got handcuffed and put in a holding cell? <laughs> no, nah, you got to tell them the, the mistakes you made, too. <laughs> Don't do what I did. It's funny now. It wasn't then. Right. Well, he asked, <laughs> Mom, did you used to speed a lot? <laughs> well, son, let me tell you. <laughs> I guess the time has come for you to learn. Family shame. (laughs) Uh, Give your child, number three, give your child the gift of boredom. Research shows people really dislike being alone with nothing but their thoughts. So much so, they would rather administer an electrical shock to themselves instead of being left alone to think for six to 15 minutes. Imagine that. Mom, I'm bored. Can I go stick my finger in an electrical socket? Sure, son. We wouldn't want you thinking for too long, now would we? <laughs> Don't assume your kids are a are into a creative uh, impotence. Constant amusement actually inhibits their creativity and imagination. In fact, research suggests that 15 minutes of boredom may not only allow for creative thinking, but also leads people to seek meaning and exploration. So allow your kids to be bored, just keep them away from electrical outlets. <laughs> I can uh, agree with that. Number four, ask yourself one question. Whenever your kids are emotionally overwhelmed, ask yourself, how can I respond in an emotionally safe way so my child knows he's loved? Connecting and talking with our children is critical to brain development. Kissing a boo-boo or giving him a bear hug after a rough day at school isn't just an act. Endorphins are released in the brain, which help our child feel happy and relaxed while reducing physical and emotional pain. Mm. And on the contrary, if we're harsh, inconsistent, or dismissing, we teach him that people will not be there when he needs them most. Mm. Perhaps it's no wonder then that many adolescents who lacked a loving caregiver early in life seek out drugs to calm and soothe themselves when they become stressed because they've learned that people aren't safe, loving, or available. So win your child's heart at an early age and you can influence behavior for life. Hmm. Oh, that one hurts a little. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm as consistent in asking myself, how do I respond in an emotionally safe way? Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. It is rough. My, uh, so I went and had lunch with Mila at school last week mm-hmm. and she was just a mess, like emotional crying for really no reason. And I asked her, you know, what's wrong? I just, I just miss you so much. I just want you to be here and you can't be here and I just miss you. And I said, I get ready to leave. And I said, okay, now sister, no more tears. You're almost eight. Can't be crying during school just because you miss mom. 
Okay? It's okay to miss me, but let's have some control. Yeah. She looks me dead in my face and says, Can an almost eight-year-old miss her mom? It broke my heart. Well, <laughs> crap. Yeah, you can miss me, but geez Louise. <laughs> so I stood there and just hugged her for a few minutes. But truthfully, in that moment, it was like, come on. You're at school. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to start to question, like, why are you crying all the time, kid? What's going on? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Your daughter sounds a little dramatic. You know, <laughs> she's never been, like, the dramatic yeah. kid. Never been over drama for a girl. Right. Until this, like... The last couple months. Really? And she's just getting that way? And she is really just, you can tell that her emotions, and she hates it. She hates it. (laughs) Why am I feeling? (sighs) I mean, really, and she just, she doesn't know what to do. So I'm. Can an eight-year-old miss her mom? I know. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) It was pitiful. But insightful and a little over the top, but okay. (laughs) But I mean, it shows you her emotional state as to, I mean, she's, I think she's feeling like she's growing up. Yeah. And she doesn't want to grow up yet, you know? Yeah. I can get that. I can understand that. I told Chris and Chris was like, (coughs) oh dear God, please tell me she's only eight. The change isn't coming, is it? I was like, I hope not. She's too young. I had a, I mean, not 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 anywhere near the same, really. But I had a, a similar, like, emotional moment when I was a teenager. In that, uh, I guess my mom had assumed that because I was a teenager and everything that she watches is about teenagers want space and don't want to be uh, coddled or whatever. Uh-huh. But I started realizing that my mom never hugged me anymore. Like, she never came and gave me a hug. And it was starting to make me upset. Yeah. And so one day I just had to come up and I'm like, why don't you hug me anymore? <laughs> and she was, she was just saying, oh, I just, I didn't think you wanted, I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like, just talk about these things. Don't just assume. I love I you. need hugs. I need to be hugged by my mother. <laughs> I love you, mommy. <laughs> Uh, it was very oh, emotional. Man. I think it was eighth grade. I was just like, my mom doesn't love me anymore. What have I done <laughs> to disappoint my mother so much that she doesn't want to uh, hug me? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, all right, number five. Last one. Prioritize eye contact over little letter I contact. Like iPhone eye contact. Oh, okay. It's hard to pronounce that. Yeah. It's a reading thing. Reading joke. Uh, I remember one morning when our toddler son was so excited, looking out the picture window, that he began to dance uncontrollably. I joined him in the dance. Had anybody walked by our house at that moment, they would have seen a grown man stomping enthusiastically in the window. Creepy, I know. But my little boy and I shared a moment, bonding in the only language he had for the excitement he was feeling. One of the most powerful ways to build the brain of a child is to uninhibitedly join him on the dance floor. Two minutes later, my boy turned from the window, looked up at me, and babbled with joy. 
I was I was now on my phone. The moment was over. Emails, text messages, and push notifications don't care about moments, about your relationships, or your kids. They only care about your prior you pri- ah, that you prioritize them right away. Do your kids know you genuinely enjoy dancing with them more than staring at your phone? Hmm. Be okay with being the creepy adult who dances in front of the window at seven in the morning. Parenting isn't rocket science. It's just brain surgery. <coughs> yep. Yeah, that one hurt a little. Yep. <laughs> well, man, it's it's. I feel like it's even more difficult for someone like me who works from home. Yeah. And most of my job is like on the computer. Yeah. And I can't even focus on my job half the time because I get notifications. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like, I have to make sure the Facebook tab's closed, Twitter tab closed. Because if I see that little thing in the corner pop up, oh, one, there's one next to Facebook. Oh, there's four next to Facebook. Something's going on on Facebook. All right. Back to Facebook. Yeah. What's going on? Let's deal with all these notifications. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm that way. Like, uh, I'm writing that book. You told me to keep writing. Mm-hmm. You gave me the advice of write just half an hour a day. I'm having trouble even doing that because I can't turn everything else off. So to prioritize an entire relationship building moment with both my sons should yeah. be even more important. And it makes it even that much more difficult. Uh, yeah. To pry my eyes away from the screen long enough to do it. Yeah. <coughs> yep. It's hard, but gosh, these are really, this is a really good list. It's a hard list. Maybe one I needed to hear again. I think as a society, people don't know how to respond when we are like having good relationships with our children because it's so not a thing anymore. Yeah, so rare. Yeah. We're in Hobby Lobby checkout line and Topher and I are just joking left and right. I'm bagging on him. He's bagging on me. We're just (laughs) roasting each other. And the checkout girl is like, her eyes are huge and she keeps looking up at us, but looking down, like she doesn't want us to know that she's looking at us <laughs> and nothing is inappropriate, right. you know, but we're just being goofy. Like he said something about hanging stockings and I said, I'm going to hang you from the mantle if you keep, you know, and he's like, oh, how mom, how are you going to hang me from the mantle? My feet can touch the floor. <laughs> so but we're having this good five-minute-long conversation <laughs> as she's ringing us up because I bought way too much stuff at Hobby Lobby. No. And Yeah. Um, and she doesn't say a single word the whole time. And I was like, man, this is like a parenting win. I'm talking to my kid. We're having a good conversation. We're bonding. <laughs> I'm not scrolling on my phone. I'm not telling him that he's annoying me. And the cashier <laughs> doesn't know how to respond to it. Yeah. Like, this is weird. Y'all aren't supposed to love each other this much. <laughs> parents, <laughs> parents don't do this with their kids. It is Hip Hop Hump Day. Uh, when we <laughs> play a little bit more of the hip hop this morning. Uh, when we come back, run, run, Rudolph. Because millennials have a problem with you. Stick around. It is the third hour, and we are glad that you are still here with us. 
Hemingway, C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, Donald Trump, Snooky, Backrow Baptist. What do they all have in common? They've all written a book. But the only one that really matters this Christmas season is Please Don't Side Hug Me. The best of Backrow Baptist church life and Christian culture is brought to the world of literature in the funniest way possible. Pick up a copy from Amazon today for just ten ninety nine. Order it this week, and it still arrives before Christmas. Here is the news. <coughs> Are you ready? No. I don't like news. An atheist group has placed a secular nativity scene honoring the baby Bill of Rights on an Illinois courthouse lawn to counter the traditional Jesus-centered nativity scene. The secular scene, sponsored by the Freedom From Religion Foundation, shows cutouts depicting Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and George Washington gazing adoringly, adoringly at the baby Bill of Rights in a manger, according to a news release from the organization. The Statue of Liberty is also part of the display, too. Uh, a sign accompanying the display reads, Happy Winter Solstice. <laughs> Pardon yep, me. That's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> exactly. When 89-year-old Bob Wilson came across the news story about how a devastating wildfire left hundreds of students and faculty members at Paradise High School without their homes and possessions, he immediately felt he had to do something to support these struggling families. Wilson phoned the principal of the school and told him his plan. He wanted to give every student and faculty member a $1,000 check with no strings attached, meaning they were free to use the money in whatever fashion they liked. The school had 980 students and 105 teachers and staff members, meaning Wilson, along with his wife Marion, needed to donate $1.1 million if each were to receive $1,000. Hmm. That's generosity right there. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that's a lot of money. That That's exactly what I was doing. <coughs> trying to do the math in my yeah. head. All right, last one. This one has brightened my day. I hope it will you as well. Here we go. Often, being a friend of the environment means giving up some of the conveniences of modern life. Trying to drive less, eating fewer delicious steaks, foregoing fast fashion, taking the time to separate all your recycling, turning down your air conditioner. There's one way to reduce your carbon footprint that's actually more convenient than the alternative. Use your dishwasher. Washing dishes by hand isn't just laborious, it wastes a lot of water. According to Lifehacker, a kitchen faucet might shoot out up to two gallons a minute. An Energy Star dishwasher, by comparison, uses less than 5.5 gallons per load. Older dishwashers use more, still only 10 to 15 gallons. A manual sud session just can't compete. You'll just end up working harder and wasting more water than if you stick everything in the dishwasher. Your dishwasher likely saves electricity, too. The newer dishwashers tend to have more efficient heating mechanisms than your average home water heater. According to CNET, Energy Star estimates that an effective dishwasher can save you 40 bucks a year in electricity costs. Newer designs ensure that even with less water, you're still getting your dishes as clean as possible. Dishwashers heat water up to levels you wouldn't be able to handle while manually washing dishes. Uh, up to 140 degrees. Meaning that it can disinfect those gross plates better than you could yourself. Internal sensors can detect the amount of grime in the water, according to NPR. 
so that the dishwasher only uses as much water as it needs. And manufacturers have tweaked the designs of dish racks to make sure that each dish and utensil gets as much contact with water as possible during that brief period. That's why experts uh, NPR spoke to recommend scraping your plates clean before putting them right in the dishwasher instead of giving them a pre-rinse. No scrubbing by hand. If you have to scrub by hand, it says it's better to fill up a large metal pot to wash them in rather than filling up the whole sink. But why waste your time? It says go ahead, throw it in the dishwasher, and just make sure it's full until uh, when you run it. Huh. <clears throat> and I can attest to the fact that we don't even have an Energy Star dishwasher. We have a lower quality model. Yeah. But... Whatever I put in that dishwasher, however dirty it is, if I put that in there and I put some Cascade Complete, not Platinum, not the big one, the expensive one, and not just the normal Cascade, but the middle thing, Cascade Complete, everything's coming out clean. Clean and sparkly. Cascade are no sponsor? Not a sponsor. Okay. I have to tell you... (coughs) I am like super into the Christmas spirit because as you were reading, you said um, washing dishes by hand isn't just laborious, takes a lot of water, okay? Older dishwashers use more, still only 10 to 15 gallons. Then you said a manual sud session just can't complete. I heard Emmanuel (laughs) sud session. And I was confused as to what succession meant and why we were talking about baby Jesus. Oh, <laughs> But that's gracious. what I heard. Emmanuel succession. <laughs> All right. All right. Critics accuse Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer TV special of bullying... And bigotry. It's a Christmas classic. Families gather to watch together every season. But this year, fans are taking the classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer to task. Video sharing shared by the Huffington Post points out some of the issues viewers say they have with the story. For example, Rudolph's father Donner verbally abuses him for his shiny red nose and tries to cover it up. Santa doesn't didn't escape viewer scorn either. He's mentioned in the video for berating Donner for his son's nose. Donner, you should be ashamed of yourself, Santa yells in the cartoon. We all remember that scene where Rudolph shows up at the Reindeer Games. However, the video points out that the coach bullies Rudolph by telling his peers, From now on, gang, we won't let Rudolph join in any Reindeer Games, right? Vita touches on several different scenes, calling Clarice's father a bigot. It says Hermie the elf was isolated for wanting to be a dentist. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's what the movie's about. How it's wrong to bully people for being different. Did they, did they not watch the end of it? <laughs> they get halfway through and like this is just so un- this, this is, is so, so offensive. stupid. I cannot get behind such a thing. I am turning it off right now. Seriously, I don't. That's what's wrong <laughs> with our society. Is so many people get so offended 
that instead of seeing it through to the end, instead of maybe possibly seeing another person's point of view and growing and learning something, they shut down, they turn themselves off, and they walk away. And see... I don't think I've ever been so hot-headed on this show that I've been pointing my pen at you like while I'm yelling. I don't think I've ever gotten to this point of annoyance. But this is a little much, people. Right. If anything, this whole special should be a a social justice warrior's best friend because it's telling that whole story. No, this just goes to prove that... There is a large majority of the American population that will get offended over any and everything. They will never be happy. They will never be content. They will never be satisfied. All that they want to do is argue and make a scene over something that has no real validity or point. (laughs) One of the voice actors for the movie, uh, Corinne Conley who is the voice for the doll Sue on the Island of Misfit Toys, is fighting back uh, in a video interview with TMZ. Conley said, Surely people wouldn't love it so much if it left a resonance of bullying. Conley went on to say that she can't imagine how anyone could be affected in a negative way by the cartoon, saying those who are must be like Scrooge. I mean... (laughs) And sadly, that's the truth. Because if there was one character that we could say embodies most of American culture, it's Scrooge. Mm. Greedy, selfish, self-centered, wanting to one-up and step on the lower person to get above everybody else. And never content, never happy. Right. That... As a whole, <coughs> I feel embodies American culture. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's it's baffling. It is baffling. It's baffling it is to me. sad. It is. And I mean, do you know that even in that argument there, even in that argument, it shows hypocrisy. Even in their argument, what you just listed off, because Donner is an abusive father who tries to cover his son's nose, yet Santa Claus has no right to point out that Donner is an abusive father. You've got to be kidding me. This is a lose-lose situation. Like You don't want Donner being abusive dad, but you certainly don't want anybody telling Donner that he's an abusive dad. <laughs> uh, I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's a sad day. Sad day in America. Sad Christmas in America. Nope, my Christmas is not going to be affected by oh, this. Okay, well, I'm going to double up then and tell you the next one. No. <laughs> you know, there's a giant movement right now that we need to change the name from Snowman. Shut up. 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 To snow people. No. My word. Man literally means person. It literally means person. <laughs> so many people on Twitter are like, I'm not making So a, many men? Uh, so many make, men? No, not making man a snowman and woman? this year. Oh, yeah, 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 I, will, yeah, 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 I will gladly make a snow person with you. 
that the idea that the patriarchy is already spread far and wide, why do we have to ruin Christmas with it being male-focused too? See, that is the problem. It's exactly what you just said. Is that not enough people realize that when we use the term man in most or in similar cases to this, it's talking about mankind, not Don't men. use that word. <laughs> Don't use that word, Matt. It can't possibly be mankind. It has to be people kind. Oh, man. There's no way. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh, man. Oh, people. People. Oh, people. Oh, person. <laughs> oh, person of indiscriminate gender. Man, see. Oh, <laughs> person. <laughs> I want to get into an argument with someone now. Like, over this. And then do exactly what we just did. And use man as just a flippant term, if you will, you know, and just be like, oh, 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 what? Oh, what was that? Did you say? I think you should probably say person. <coughs> Are you frustrated now? Yeah, I am. I just don't understand it. I really, I feel like if there could be a valid argument, okay, I'd sit and listen. But when you're coming at it from a place of ignorance mm. <laughs> and just to say something, just to say it, just to seem like you're smart, just to sound like you're self-righteous, no, I have no time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Man means people. That's what it means. <laughs> Bring me a dictionary and prove me wrong. You can't. It means people. Get off your high horse. <laughs> your soapbox is no longer valid. Right, let's move on to your favorite part of the show. <laughs> no. No. Because I can't do it now from a nice place. I am. Hi. My name is Megan. I am a grateful believer in Jesus who struggles with allowing how other people think affecting me. I have a problem. I am offended that there are people out there that can that be are offended. Obtuse. I am offended that there are people out there that get so offended. <laughs> that is the truth. Oh man! Fine, it's time for ask us anything. And whoever Yay. sent in this question, I am sorry. I'm really excited about it. I'm just not in a good place momentarily. <laughs> um, our question for today is: What is the hardest you have ever worked? This job, in and of itself. Sitting across the table from Matt on a weekly basis oh. is the worst, hardest job. I'm that's, just kidding. That's not nice. That's, <laughs> that's, that's no good, not niceness. I am just kidding. This is probably the best quote unquote job. We don't have to lie either. No, it really is. <laughs> it really is. I get <coughs> the only thing that would make it better is if I got paid for it. Right. But, you know. <laughs> Um, I think the hardest that I've ever worked, there's a lot of times that I've worked hard. I worked hard on that stupid half marathon that I did. Yeah. Parenting is hard. I think it's actually asking about labor, though. Marriage is hard. Okay. The hardest that I ever labored, like physical labor, 
I guess um, when I was, I just told my kids this story. When I was, I think, seven, maybe nine, somewhere between seven and nine, my grandparents had just bought a farm out in Tennessee, and my, I made the mistake the summer that we stayed with them of telling my grandfather that I was bored. <laughs> um, so I spent literally from sunup to sundown, minus, you know, bathroom and lunch, building a fence with him out of four by fours and barbed wire to keep his cattle in building a fence that fence is still standing which i'm quite proud of (laughs) Uh, mine i think was when i was working in landscaping with my brother we were out in rio rio rancho which is basically just an oven (laughs) and there's no vegetation it's just all rocks so you're just baking and they were taking their backyard so I was taking their backyard which was low to the ground okay they were putting a six foot deep pool in their backyard but instead of digging out a hole and placing it in the ground they were putting it on the ground and then we were having to build up their backyard to where it was level with the top of the pool. Wow. So they were raising their backyard because it was in a hilly part. So, I mean, most of the landscape around anyway was going up and down. Uh-huh. But they were raising their backyard to be level with their house mm-hmm. and with the pool to where they could have a flat backyard, which you have to compact that stuff so tight and you have to use... A bunch of different chemicals to keep it from like, like washing away. Yeah, yeah, separating and washing away. <clears throat> it took, there was only three of us working, and it took like two months to get this thing done. Hauling in dirt and rocks and going around with the little compressor thing, which is basically just like a jackhammer. There's a square of about six inches by six inches just pounding down on the ground. Da, 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 da. For days and days and days in this 104 degree oven backyard. That is when I think I've told you before we worked so hard before on that that I've drank an entire gallon of Gatorade and didn't pee at all the entire oh, yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. That's when this stuff was happening. Like we were getting dehydrated out there. It was killer. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was a brutal job. We got it done though, and it was pretty, but. Woo. Matt, I don't know what it says about us that the hardest we've ever labored <coughs> was in our childhood. What? I said, I don't know what it says about us that the hardest that we both have ever labored was in our childhood. That wasn't my childhood. You said it was, you were a teenager. No. Oh, I didn't say that. never mind. My bad. This, Sorry. This was uh, nine years ago. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I just assumed you were a teenager. So what does it say about you? That's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says that I learned real quick I don't like manual labor. <laughs> From that day on, I was like, nope. I'll hire somebody. 
Uh, I would never work that hard for my own stuff. I know that for sure. <laughs> uh, it's Hip Hop Pump Day. We're playing a little bit more of the rap and hip hop for you this morning in our mix. Uh, stick around. We'll be back in a little while and we will close out the show. Girl Morning Show. As we close out the day, we got your Bible verse and your thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. And our thought for the day comes from Kim Jaggers. Yeah? Is Move that right? like Jaggers. Is that right? I think so. Okay. This I know, without God, I am nothing but a heap of tears and regrets. But because of the cross, I am forgiven, completely, forever forgiven. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on BackRowRadio.com. And lastly, tonight begins our 12 nights of Christmas, beginning tonight through the 23rd. From 5 p.m. through 1 a.m. Eastern, we're playing eight hours straight of our favorite Christmas music. And just like our normal lineup, we've got Christmas music from Christian artists of every genre genre from 95 to now. <laughs> uh, thank you for today's sponsor. Please don't side hug me. The best of Backrow Baptist. 10.99 on Amazon. Go get it. Mo, what's the final word? Go watch Rudolph. Because it's the a whole, good movie. The whole the movie. The whole thing. All the way to the end. <laughs> That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye. Why am I such a misfit?